Hello, and welcome again to Discover True Treasure. I'm Angela. I am currently reading through the entire Bible using a one-year Bible. During each episode this season, I will give you an overview as well as my thoughts, insights, and key takeaways from my daily reading passages. My daily reading passages include a portion of the Old Testament, the New Testament, Psalms, and Proverbs. Today, I hope to encourage you by reminding you that those who humble themselves will be exalted. Okay, I hope you're ready. Let's begin. Thanks again for joining me. Today's daily reading begins with the warriors of Amalek attacking the children of Israel while they were at Rephidim, a place of rest. And of course, we know that the enemy loves to try to fill us with worry and anxiety when we are at peace and rest in the Lord. Anyway, in this passage, we read that during the battle with the Amalekites, whenever Moses held up the staff in his hands, the Israelites had an advantage. But when he dropped his hands, the Amalekites gained the advantage. And soon Moses' arms became so tired that he could no longer hold them up. So Aaron and her sat Moses on a stone and lifted up his arms and kept them steady until sunset. And as a result, Joshua overwhelmed the army of the Amalekites and the Israelites won the battle. Now for me, there is just something about Moses lifting up his hands in the midst of battle that really spoke to me. It made me think about how when the enemy comes against us, one of the most powerful things we can do to overwhelm the enemy is to lift our hands in prayer, praise, and adoration to the Lord. Amen. That's one of the most powerful things we can do is to get our eyes off the enemy, get our eyes off the battle, and put our focus on the Lord. Now, I remember there was a specific battle that I went through a few years ago, and I can attest that the tide of the battle turned when I realized that there was nothing I could do in this situation. I had no control in this particular situation. So instead, I intentionally set aside some time to go before the Lord and just sing to him and just praise him for who he is. And it was such a powerful moment. It really left an impression upon me and I will never forget that moment. And I tell you, the next day, miraculously, the, the battle that I was going through, the tide of the battle just turned in my favor. Okay, so moving on. In today's reading, we also learn that Moses's father-in-law Jethro, the priest of Midian, visited Moses at this time. And I always love to read this portion of scripture because 
Moses's father-in-law was so wise. And I love how Moses so humbly received his wise counsel. Okay, so let me summarize what happened. So Moses's father-in-law heard about all that the Lord had done for Moses and the Israelites and how he had gloriously and powerfully delivered them out of Egypt. So he came to Moses and brought along Moses's wife and his two children. And while he was there with Moses and the Israelites in the wilderness, he brought, which I thought was interesting, he brought offerings and sacrifices to God. So he is acknowledging God for who he is. Amen. And he and Moses and all the elders of Israel, they ate a sacrificial meal in the Lord's honor for all the great things he had done for the children of Israel. Now, while Jethro was there with the Israelites, he observed how Moses conducted business on a daily basis. And he saw that the children of Israel would wait and wait for Moses from morning all the way to evening to bring their disputes to him and to have them settled by him. And so he told Moses that what he was doing wasn't good. He told Moses that he was going to wear himself out because the burden that he was carrying was too big for just himself to bear. So Jethro gave Moses some very wise advice. He simply told him to delegate. (laughs) Amen. Delegate. To be specific, he told him to appoint honest, God-fearing men who hate bribes to be to be leaders over groups of 1,000, over 50, and over 10 people. And Jethro said that those leaders could settle all the common disputes. And then Moses would be able to handle the most difficult cases. Now, isn't that just good advice? That's such good leadership advice. But, you know, I think it would serve us all well to heed to this advice on a practical level and learn how to delegate tasks to other people instead of us trying to do everything ourselves and burning ourselves out. And I know that's difficult for some of us who have a tendency to strive for perfection. And I can I can fall into that. We want to strive for excellence, but when you strive for perfection, you have a tendency of just wanting to do everything yourself because you know that you're going to do it a certain way to a certain standard. And so you don't want to release things that others could do. Maybe your children could help you out with certain tasks. Maybe your spouse could help you out. Maybe your colleagues, if you are a teacher, you could delegate to your students and et cetera. And it's just that letting go and realizing we cannot do everything ourselves. And when we try, we burn ourselves out. Amen. Okay, so getting back to the scriptures, what I really love is that Moses humbly received his father-in-law's advice, and he implemented it 
right away. And I think this just further shows how great a leader Moses was. A great leader is humble. A great leader knows how to enlist the help of others. A great leader knows how to delegate. Now, further in the passage, we read that Moses climbed up Mount Sinai and the Lord spoke to him and said that if the children of Israel obey him, they will be his own special people among all the peoples of the earth. So Moses gathered all the elders of the people together and told them everything that the Lord commanded him to say. And get this, this is how they responded. They told Moses that they will do everything the Lord has commanded. Isn't that a bold response? Even one might say a bit presumptuous because they certainly could not fully understand what they were saying. I mean, remember, they had already been complaining the entire time they were in in the wilderness. And we know that that is sin. And they had been disobeying the Lord's instructions through Moses. And so how on earth could they be so sure that they would obey everything the Lord commanded? Of course they couldn't. Of course we can't. Amen. So anyway, Moses told the Lord their response and the Lord told Moses uh, to give the people of Israel specific instructions on what to do in order to consecrate themselves for their meeting with the Lord. Now, what's interesting is during this time, they could not approach Mount Sinai. They even had to wash their clothes and they had to wash, wash themselves and they had to abstain from things. They had to do all of these things in order to consecrate themselves for the Lord's presence. And this makes me think about how it is because of the finished work of Jesus Christ that we are able to go boldly before the throne of God. We can go before the throne of grace without any fear. Think about that. We, in these sinful bodies, because we have put our faith in the finished work of Jesus Christ, we can go before the throne of grace boldly, not cowering in fear, but we can go boldly. That is so powerful to me. And it just speaks to the complete work, the power of the work of Jesus Christ, the power of his blood that has cleansed us. And so we don't even have to clean ourselves up in order to be accepted by God. First of all, we couldn't clean ourselves up. To believe so is being prideful and presumptuous. We can't. It's not in us to do of ourselves. But thank God we don't have to because we simply have to believe on Jesus Christ, believe on what he has done for us on the cross, put our faith in the blood that he shed for us. And then God considers us clean. He considers us holy. 
He considers us righteous and we can go before his presence at any time. Okay, so moving on to the New Testament portion of today's reading, it begins with the Pharisees trying to trap Jesus by asking him so-called difficult questions. And you see, they had heard that he had silenced the Sadducees, and so they decided to trap him as well. And so they asked Jesus, what is the most important commandment of the law of Moses? And Jesus replied, you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your mind. He tells them that this is the first and greatest commandment, and the second is equally important, to love your neighbor as yourself. And Jesus said that the entire law and all the demands of the prophets are based on these two commandments. Now, that was definitely a powerful answer. And he always had a way of silencing them because he could discern their hypocrisy and their motives. And um, I just want to say, though, in regards to these commandments, we cannot in our own human strength fulfill these two commandments. We can't. We cannot love the Lord our God with all our mind, all our soul, all of our heart, all of our strength. We cannot do that in and of ourselves. The only way we can do that is by being regenerated by the Holy Spirit, being created into new creatures in Christ Jesus. And it's by, it is by the working of the Holy Spirit that we love God because he first loved us. So just wanted to say that. But like I said, this answer, of course, silenced the Pharisees. And then Jesus started talking to the crowds about the hypocrisy of the Pharisees. And he told the crowds to obey what they say but he said, don't follow their example. And he started breaking down the things that they do. That is just hypocrisy. It's just prideful. He told the crowd that they, they don't practice what they preach and they love to sit at the head of tables and receive respectful greetings in public. But Jesus told the crowd that the greatest among them must be a servant. Amen. The greatest among you must be a servant. And then he said, but those who exalt themselves will be humbled and those who humble themselves will be exalted. I just think that is such a powerful, powerful scripture. You know, in this world, Humility in general is frowned upon. It is seen as a weakness. But in the kingdom of God, if you want to be great, you are to serve others. It's as simple as that. That's what Jesus said. If you want to be great, you are to serve others. But it seems that even amongst us Christians, you can see this get twisted. Sometimes us Christians can find ourselves lifting up our leaders and treating them like celebrities. 
We fawn over them. We wait on them hand and foot and we prevent them from actually serving in any capacity other than speaking the word. And don't get me wrong, that is serving and that is a blessing. But you know, we we can find ourselves lifting them up. And then, you know, when they fall, because we know a haughty spirit goes before a fall, uh, we're surprised. And we think, oh my gosh, how did they get so lifted up in pride? How, how did they fall? But this is not how we are to honor our leaders. When we take a look in the Bible, we can look at Jesus. We can look at Moses. We can look at Paul. We can see that leaders in the Bible led by example. We can see that leaders in the word of God were hardworking, humble, and they served the people. They weren't serving their own agenda. They weren't worried about how many likes and followers they had. They weren't concerned about how much money they had. They were concerned about serving the people of God. Amen. You know, I look at Paul. He he talked often about how he worked. He, he said that, uh, you know, he... He could uh, not work if he chose to because of him being an apostle, but he chose to work. He set that example. He chose to work. Amen. And, you know, Paul didn't expect those who he preached to, those who he discipled, those who he ministered to, we cannot find where he expected them expected them to fawn over him and he rebuked followers of Jesus Christ for lifting up leaders and saying oh i'm of paul oh i'm of apollo apollos oh you know lifting up this leader and pitting this leader against that leader it's not about that it's not about being puffed up it's not about us fawning over leaders Now, again, I am not saying, I am not saying that we should not be a blessing to our leaders, but how are we to be a blessing? We are to pray for them. We are to encourage them. We are to support them. We are to come alongside and serve with them. (laughs) Amen. But let me just end with this. The words of Jesus Christ. Jesus said that those who are great among us, he said, must be a servant. So we should not be treating leaders or anyone else for that matter as if they are better than anyone else. Any gifting, any talent we have, our intellect, our abilities, Everything that we have is of the Lord. So we cannot boast in any of it. And we should not be tempting others to take pride in their their gifts. Amen. We should not be tempting people by the way we treat them, by treating them the way the world treats their celebrities and their leaders. 
We should not be tempting people to take pride in the gifts that God has given them. Okay. All right. (laughs) Moving on. So in today's reading, our portion of the book of Psalms is Psalm 27. And I love this Psalm. In this Psalm, David says, that his heart hears the Lord say, come and talk with me. And his heart responds, Lord, I am coming. Isn't that beautiful? I'm sure that the Lord says that to us several times a day, but many times we are so busy and distracted. At least I know I am that we don't always respond the way David did. Amen. But that's how I want to respond. And I'm sure I speak for you too. I want to be sensitive to the Lord speaking to me throughout the day. And when I hear him, I want to respond. I want to say, Lord, I'm coming. I hear you. I am coming to commune with you. Amen. Okay. So today's daily reading ends with a portion of Proverbs chapter six, And just like the previous weeks, this proverb is all about avoiding lust and sexual immorality. And in this portion of scripture, Solomon talks about how the man who commits adultery is an utter fool, for he destroys himself. He says that he, as a result of his adultery, as a result of his sexual immorality, Solomon says that he will end up wounded and disgraced. And he said that his shame will never be erased. Now, even though as believers in Jesus Christ, we are eternally forgiven, there are still consequences for sin in this life. For example, let's just say we lose our temper and we yell at our boss we could potentially lose our job as a result. And that is simply a consequence in this life for sin. That is not God punishing us. That is a consequence. Likewise, if we sin and fall in sexual immorality, we shouldn't be surprised when we deal with the consequences of that sin. And according to the Bible, those consequences could include losing the respect of those around us, dealing with health issues potentially related to sexually transmitted diseases, losing relationships, and etc. So as believers in Jesus Christ, Paul instructs us to flee sexual immorality. And I believe we are to run as far away as we can from it, that it should not be a part of a believer's life period. And let me just stop and say that we also need to talk about emotional affairs. We also need to talk about affairs that happen online where there may not be any physical interaction, but there is an emotional interaction that is sinful, that is betrayal, that is not that is improper and immoral and displeasing in God's sight. So having an emotional affair, when you are married, confiding in someone else, 
talking about things that you know are inappropriate, that you should only be discussing with your spouse or if at all is wrong. Getting involved to the point where you have this this bond with this person who is not your spouse is something we also need to run from. Having interactions with people online where we are speaking words that are inappropriate, speaking of uh, how we feel about another person who is not our, our spouse, um, doing things online, videotaping certain things and sharing those things are also areas that we need to talk about because we need to flee from those things as well. Amen. And I tell you, if you create an emotional bond with someone who is not your spouse, you better believe if you end up having the opportunity to meet up with that person, no good will come out of, out of that. Amen. So we have to flee from those types of uh, situations as well. And, you know, I truly believe that we need to preach on this in the body of Christ more and more. And we need to preach it from the perspective of who we are in Christ, not from the perspective of legalism and shame. We have to be reminded that we have the power to abstain from sexual immorality. We have the power to abstain from emotional affairs and inappropriate online activity. We have the power because we have the Holy Spirit. And so I truly believe that if more preachers reminded Christians of who they are, if they would boldly talk about these matters and remind them that they have power through the Holy Spirit, that, that they sit in heavenly places with Christ, that they are new creatures in Christ. And we have, we have different desires now. Amen. We're different people because we're regenerated. Amen. If we would boldly preach these matters from the perspective of who we are in Christ, like Paul did, Paul did not skirt around these issues. Paul was bold. He saw believers sinning and he addressed it, but he did not address it from the perspective of legalism and shame. He addressed it from the perspective of reminding believers of who they are in, in Jesus Christ. And I believe that if we do that today, we would find fewer believers falling in this area. Amen. Now, let me just end by saying last season, I recorded an episode on this subject, and that is episode, I believe, 33, and it's entitled Flee Sexual Immorality. And so I say if you are struggling in this area, if you are involved in an emotional affair, or if you know someone who is struggling in this area, I encourage you to please listen to that episode. Okay, so I want to end with a meditation scripture. Now, my one-year Bible provides me with a daily meditation scripture. It's usually in bold, and that is the scripture that I am encouraged to meditate on. 
but I'm not going to go with the meditation scripture that is highlighted in my Bible. Instead, I have chosen Matthew 23, 11, because I think that this scripture really ties my thoughts and takeaways from both the Old Testament and New Testament readings so nicely. It just ties them together so nicely. For example, during today's reading, again, I was struck by Moses's humility in taking his father-in-law's wise advice. And I also thought about the Israelites' pride in responding to Moses by saying that they would do everything the Lord commanded them to do. And then I thought about the Pharisees and their hypocrisy and their pride in the fact that they were doing everything for show and praise of men. So basically, as I was reading today's reading, daily reading, I kept thinking about the dangers of pride and the importance of humility. So I think that Jesus's response regarding the Pharisees' hypocrisy and pride is a great scripture to meditate on. And so again, that scripture is Matthew 23, 11, and it reads, the greatest among you must be a servant, but those who exalt themselves will be humbled and those who humble themselves will be exalted. Amen. Isn't this a great scripture to meditate on? Let us be reminded this week that if we want to be great, if we want to do something great for the Lord, we must humble ourselves and serve one another. And only then will we be exalted by the Lord. Okay, let's take some time to pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for the wonderful examples of humility that we have in your word. Examples like Moses, Paul, and of course, our Lord Jesus Christ, who humbled himself to the point of death when he died on the cross for our sins. Father, I pray that we would walk in humility and choose to be a servant, that we would choose to serve others. Help us not to think of ourselves more highly than we ought to think. Also help us to see others in the proper perspective as well. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Well, thank you so much for joining me. It was such a pleasure to be with you today. If you enjoyed this episode, please join me again next week and consider liking and following this podcast. If you have a prayer request, comment, or question, please leave me a voice message. I would love to hear from you and you can do so by clicking on the link in the show notes. Until next time, rest in the assurance that you are valuable and dearly loved by our Heavenly Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Thank you.